You're going to love this. Just love it. Yes, you will. Pacifica Radio's KPFK in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast. As heard on 90.7 FM in LA. 91.7 FM KYAQ on the beautiful Oregon Central Coast. 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org on iTunes. Streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, on Netroots Radio, on Indie Media Weekly, on FYI Nation, on Radio or Not, on Radio Free Brooklyn, and many other fine affiliates in parts unknown, including Radio Sputnik, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Glad you could join us today for another uh, thrilling, action-packed adventure. And uh, and we will have one uh, because we've got, it's kind of an amazing story, or at least it is to me, an election official. Uh, in Arizona has been caught breaking in to an electronic vote tabulator after the public testing of that machine in front of Democrats and Republican observers. After that testing had already been done, the pre-election testing, after which security seals are, are put onto the machine and so forth. It's not supposed to be touched after that uh, until Election Day, as far as I know. But then uh, an election official is caught on videotape breaking in to the electronic vote tabulator. At least that's what happened in Pima County, Arizona. And the uh, and the election official caught on videotape by my guest today. He will be coming up shortly to explain what the hell happened in Pima County. And by the way, Tuesday is Election Day in the USA. And uh, we will have some tips. Yes, it's Election Day, not the presidential election. That's next year, in case anyone's really confused and thinks we're voting for president uh, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, No, not that. But there are some uh, statewide elections around the country. There are a lot of local elections happening on Tuesday, the first Tuesday in November, as they say. and so I, I hopefully I'll have some time to give you some tips on how to try and protect your vote and everyone else's vote uh, in your jurisdiction, in your neighborhood, in your county, in your state. So there are some things you can do. We talk about, you know, a lot about concerns about electoral problems, electile dysfunction on this show and problems with voting machines and so forth. But there is a way to sort of optimize your chances of having your vote counted, having your vote counted accurately, and in a way that it can be verified by everyone. 
So I'll try to uh, try to get to some of those tips after that big uh, I- intro. It's uh, the least I can do is uh, come up with those tips a little bit later. Uh, also, a bit later, we'll have uh, another 2016 presidential candidate. Oh yeah, another 2016 presidential candidate has announced he is dropping out of the race today. So we will cover that and more ahead. I've got some quick news items, but first let me say hello to Deb. I almost called you Debbie. <laughs> like I don't know who... Desi Doyen. It happens. I know. Our pro- our producer, uh, Desi Doyen, is, is here with us as usual. Good to see you. Uh, I know you're excited about Election Day. Oh, oh, yes, I am. And, you know, let me just say yeah. that most people think, oh, election, the local election, who cares? Yeah. These are the elections where your local money is spent. Yeah. And these are really important yeah. because developers and folks who are hoping for public tax yeah. dollars in order to fund their project mm-hmm. or to make it a public-private project, they really want you to not come out and vote on that if you're against it. They love the low turnout they at do. these local elections. You know, and a lot of people I hear, uh, maybe we'll talk about it later, but a lot of people, you know, I hear, uh, Brad, I hear you talking about elections all the time and how uh, flawed they are and how, you know, there's too much money in elections and, and how we can't count on the, uh, the voting systems that we use. Yeah, all of that is true, but if you don't bother to vote... Bad guys don't need to steal your vote. You are giving it to them. And you're giving it to, as Desi mentions, uh, those contract, those private developers. And, uh, and well, actually, think about it this way. Anybody you don't like, you're giving them your vote by not showing up to vote. Now, they may, you know, steal it anyway. The voting machines fail. Your vote could get lost, etc. But you have increased the possibility of all of those bad things happening if you don't bother to vote at all. And by the way, I back your right to not vote. You don't have to vote if you don't want to. I will protect your right to not vote. But I think it's kind of stupid if you don't. Anyway, that's just me. Some Okay, some quick news items here I want to get to uh, before we get to our guest. Uh, Obama bans the box. This is uh, something we've been talking about of late. We've uh, been talking about criminal justice reform on this program. Uh, and uh, the I think it's something like 6,000 uh, federal prisoners that were released over the weekend or are about to be released any moment uh, due to, uh, thankfully, due to sentencing reform. Problem is, so many of those uh, uh, f- former felons uh, it's almost impossible for them to get work once they get out of jail because, you know, employers look, they say, oh, former felon, not interested. Well, uh, on Monday, President Obama announced a, a new executive order to reduce potential discrimination against former convicts in the hiring process for federal government employees. So that's all that he can sort of do by fiat without legislation from Congress, but he can, uh, you know, he determines the rules for federal hiring practices. And so this is a step uh, called ban the box, uh, and this is an effort to eliminate the requirements that job applications, uh, applicants must check a box on those applications if they have a criminal record. Now, a lot of states, I don't want to say a lot, several states around the country are now are now doing this, are now already banning the box, both Republican and Democratic, because uh, this box where you check to say if you have a criminal record right on the first application, 
this is a hurdle that uh, you know some applicants never get over because employees employ, uh, employers discriminate against people who have checked the box. Oh, they got a criminal background. I don't want them. Weed them out. Those go into the trash can. Now you might say, don't employers have the right to know if their applicants, you know, spent time in jail? Well, yes, of course they do. But uh, not until after they meet them, not until after the interview process. Get it off of the application right off the bat because you might find uh, that, uh, hey, these are great people. I had no idea. Their, their felony was 20 years ago and they wrote a bad check or something like that. Uh, and so uh, Obama, in doing this, at least for federal employees, and there are a lot of federal employees, uh, this is a good step. This is a step in, in the right direction. Um. This is uh, something that he, Obama, the president, is unveiling this in New Jersey uh, today at a treatment center where Republican Governor Chris Christie has also signed a ban-the-box uh, bill into law. He did that last year. Hillary Clinton has endorsed uh, banning the box. Uh, Rand Paul has done so. Uh, Democratic Senator Cory Booker. Uh, both uh, with Rand Paul had introduced this bill to seal criminal records for nonviolent offenders. So this is a, a bipartisan thing that seems to be happening. I suspect this will be sort of a test of just how bipartisan it is now that the president is coming out for it um, on his own. That tends to bring out the Republicans to say, this is an outrage. It's going to uh, Make it impossible for employees to know if they have criminals working for them. All of them. All of that is not true. Any employer can still do a criminal background check at any time. This just takes it off the front. So maybe employers will meet more uh, people before they actually decide to not hire them. Uh, this is also a good thing for equality because uh, about 60 to 75 percent of former inmates cannot find work within their first year out of jail, according to the uh, Department of Justice. Uh, but of additional note, research shows that the existence of a criminal record can reduce employers' interest in applicants by about 50 percent. So when they see this, about 50 percent of the time, they'll just throw away the application. But... Uh, when white and black applicants both have records, criminal records, employers are far less likely to call back a black applicant than a white one. 2009 uh, re-entry study in New York City finds that the criminal record penalty suffered by white applicants is 30 percent, roughly half the size of the penalty for blacks with a record, which is 60 percent. All right, so that's uh, a move in the right direction. Glad to see it. Uh, over the weekend, uh, getting back to electoral politics for, for the moment, uh, over the weekend, representatives of a number of the Republican presidential campaigns met at the uh, Hilton Alexandria in Old Town, just outside of uh, Washington, D.C., uh, to, to air their complaints to each other about... The Democratic, and not the Democratic, but the debate process so far this season. This comes following last week's GOP debate on the CNBC, where the uh, Republicans all complained. They blamed uh, both the right-wing news channel CNBC and the Republican Party 
uh, for what many see as a disastrous debate. It was a de- it was it was just a horrible debate. It was poorly done. It was the 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 candidates were terrible. The questions were questions were okay. Questions were not unlike. Frankly, the questions in all of the other debates so far this season and back in 2012. But you know what? The Republicans are not doing very well and they need to find someone to blame, as we talked about on our last uh, broadcast. And so now they're blaming the networks. They're blaming uh, uh, Reince Priebus and the RNC. So they got together over the weekend to hash out their complaints and hash out their demands. They're now going to be sending a letter. To each and every network that is holding a um, that is holding a debate this year to ask certain things of them. And then the candidates on their own can decide if they will participate in the debate. Questions like, uh, according to The Washington Post, this is Dave Weigel and Robert Costa, uh, who were either inside the meeting. I can't tell if they were inside the meeting or if they just were at the meeting and had really good sources inside the meeting because they were tweeting out all Uh, on Sunday, everything that was going on inside that meeting. So one of the questions, for example, on this this letter to be sent to networks, will there be questions from the audience or social media? How many? How will they be presented to the candidates? Will you acknowledge that you, as the sponsor, take responsibility for all questions asked, even even if not asked by your personnel? What type of microphones, laughs or podium? Laughs are the things you hooked to your uh, uh, jacket, and podium is is a mic that's on the podium. Can you pledge that the temperature in the hall be kept below sixty-seven degrees? Gosh, would they like some green M and M's in the green room yeah, too? While they're right, at it, right. well, are they going to threaten threaten to trash the dressing room if they don't get what they well, want? Well, right. If there if if there are any brown M and M's, and that was who was that Van Halen? I think I it think was, it was rumored to be Van Halen. Van Halen but what they did somebody. was they they put it into the contract to see if the venue had actually read the contract right. details. So right. this, however, I don't think is the same idea. Well, no, but it's close. I mean, it really is. Uh, here, my favorites were what they w- were asking if the networks would commit to not do. Will you commit that you will not ask the candidates to raise their hands to answer a question? Ask yes or no questions without time to provide a substantive answer. Have a lightning round. These are things you can't have. You can't do this or they're, or Let's take a right pledge. Out. Right. Allow candidate to candidate questioning. We don't want that. We can't have any of that. Uh, use behind shots of the candidates showing their notes. Leave microphones on during breaks. Allow members of the audience to wear political messages, such as shirts, buttons, signs, etc. All of this, now you would think that the RNC would have uh, dealt with these items already with the networks that they're working with, but I don't know, maybe they haven't in any event has it occurred to any of the Republican candidates that, man, do they come across as a bunch of whining little babies? I mean, if they are upset by the questions that were asked by CNBC, the far right CNBC, you know, the channel of Wall Street. Uh, and if they're calling them liberal media, how is it going to go in the general election? I, mean, I just think this looks terrible for Republicans, but apparently Republicans don't give a damn about looking terrible. That appears to be what they do best. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Donald Trump, as of right now anyway, while he was at the meeting, he says or his campaign is is uh, reportedly saying they're not going to sign on to this letter. They're going to reserve their own right 
to negotiate with each and every network as they like. Since, you know, he's the front runner. He's the guy probably responsible for the huge ratings. Um, so he's going to reserve that right to do it on his own. Man, what a mess. In any event, in any event, that's horse race stuff. That's nonsense. In the meantime, can you trust election officials to be counting your vote, to be counting your vote accurately and transparently in a way that you can know that it has been transparent and accurate? Or uh, do we need to worry about election officials, insiders, as so many have warned us when it comes to uh, uh elections and frankly gaming any computer system it is always the insiders that have the most access that are uh, of the most concern we're going to be talking about one of those election insiders who was caught doing something they should not have been doing just days before election day in pima county arizona that and much more is straight ahead on the broadcast i'm brad friedman Stay tuned. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. What is Evidence is clear. I'm not alone. There are thousands of us here. This is my democracy. You won't go telling me my vote don't matter anymore. Well, you can try to tell me. I won't listen. And it's not worth fighting for. Fighting for your vote, which I would argue this does matter democracy. still. Uh, Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with you here. Uh, if you haven't noticed, it is Election Day on Tuesday in these United States. I know it's uh, easy to not notice because everyone's thinking about next year's election, the presidential election next year. But uh, on Tuesday, uh, a number of states around the country and a bunch of uh, uh, local uh, municipalities and so forth will be holding elections. Um and so we have concerns once again about election results and the way electronic voting and tabulation systems actually record those results. And if they record them accurately and if they can be manipulated and if they simply fail because they always fail. We've seen this year after year after year. We've covered it on Bradblog.com. We've covered it here on the Bradcast. Well, last week... Uh, I think it was a, a week or so ago, we interviewed a geology professor and anti-fracking advocate from Mahoning County, Ohio, about an initiative on the ballot out there in uh, in Mahoning County. Uh, actually, the issue was on the ballot several times over the past few years and will be again this year uh, to try and ban fracking in Youngstown, Ohio. The, uh, the advocate in this case, uh, Dr. Ray Byersdorfer, had joined us on the show to explain what had happened after he went to a Mahoning County Board of Elections meeting and politely requested, and it was very polite, politely requested a hand count of the paper ballots after the election. 
Now, the commissioners of the election board in Mahoning County, which is run by uh, both Democrats and Republicans, the commissioners, well, they didn't take kindly to the request to have those uh, those paper ballots uh, audited by hand after the election. In fact, they kind of went nuts accusing Byersdorfer of accusing them of rigging elections. Here's a little bit of audio from what happened after Byersdorfer asked the county election officials to, uh, hey, can we please have a hand audit so that we know the computers have tallied the ballots correctly? You just basically accused this board of criminal behavior. No one in this board condones, allows, or supports, or, or, or in any way would do anything to impugn the election results. For you to accuse this board that somehow we all conspired to make sure that your issue lost is just ridiculous. And I'm not going to sit here and allow you to impugn these hardworking public employees that do that. And I'm certainly not going to take it that you're going to say I'm conducting in some kind of criminal behavior because I'm not. And you, my friend, that's insulting to me and insulting to this board and insulting to these employees. So so I'm not going to I'm sorry. I'm insulted by that. And I find it highly offensive that you've accused me of a crime. Of course, uh, the doctor did not accuse him of a crime, did not accuse him of rigging the election. But for some reason, that uh, Democratic election commissioner in Mahoning County, Ohio, felt that he had been accused of uh, of manipulating the results. The Republican election commissioner, uh, that Democrat was named David Beatrice, by the way, the Republican commissioner on the Mahoning County Commission, uh, offered similar thoughts, was similarly offended. Well, we called that broadcast when we uh, when we aired that uh, exclusive audio tape and we had Dr. Byersdorfer on this show. We called that show Election Officials Behaving Badly. And we played another clip that we had run years ago from 2007 exclusively at uh, bradblog.com at the time featuring an election integrity advocate by the name of John Brakey from Pima County, which is Tucson, Tucson, Arizona, in which uh, Brakey had asked the county's election uh, director, a guy by the name of Brad Nelson, about the new uh, voting systems, the new at the time 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems made by Diebold that the county was set to receive at that time back in 2007. And it was, I am sad to say, yet another example of an election official behaving very, very badly. Here is some of that audio uh, of John Brakey, the election integrity advocate, asking Brad Nelson the election director from Pima County, about those new unverifiable voting machines. Yes. Uh, on the equipment that's coming in, I understand there's going to be nine early locations, and there's going to be direct recording electronics, D-bolts. I don't know that. Well, did you sign the contract for it last day or two? No. Nope. No? When's the contract going to be signed? It's already signed by the Secretary of State. Okay, so we're getting D-bolt, AccuVote machines, DREs, right? I don't know that. I didn't sign the contract. Well, we know you know, and we know that we know because we've seen the contract from the purchase order. Then and you know, you know that, that too. I signed it. You just okay. said I signed because, well, the it. Was Secretary my name State on the contract or not? Was my contract. name on the contract or not? All I can say is the county... The was my name on the contract or not? No, you said it was. No, it wasn't. I did not say it was. I didn't say it was. I'm asking a simple question. What, uh, how do you run an accuracy and vote test when you run these ballots to the BRE when there's nothing? There's a lot because our vote needs to count. We want to verify it. And we're voting on uh, faith-based voting systems. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. What's your question, John? My question is, 
how are you going to do an accuracy vote test on a DRE when it doesn't have a ballot but just a paper, magnetic paper? I haven't had the equipment in my hand mm -hmm. yet. It's like asking me whether Marilyn Farnsworth was a good kisser in my senior high school class. Until I kissed her, I didn't know, and she was. <laughs> oh, brother. So that was Brad Nelson, the election director of Pima County, Arizona elections back in 2007, responding to John Brakey and his concerns about the new voting system they were getting at the time in Pima County. Well, as I said uh, at the top of this segment, Tuesday is Election Day in many states and localities around the country, even though it's an off-year election, so there's not as many as usual. But one of those places where they are having local elections is once again in Pima County, Arizona, in Tucson. And while Brad Nelson, who you just heard in that videotape, talking about kissing Marilyn Farnsworth and yelling at election integrity advocates for asking them questions, he is still the election director in that county. And uh, believe it or not, John Brakey, the guy who was asking him that question, the election integrity advocate, uh, back in 2007, he is still working hard with a trans transpartisan coalition of Democrats, Republicans, Greens, Libertarians, Independents in Pima County to try and oversee local elections. Pima County now has a new electronic vote tabulation system that tallies hand-marked paper ballots at high speeds. Those new systems were publicly tested last week at the Pima election headquarters. Uh, I think it was on Tuesday. And the uh, with the public and the representatives of both the Democratic and Republican parties present and watching and trying to oversee these tests that are used in advance of the election, in advance before these machines actually start tabulating. Well, the test, the logic and accuracy test, the LNA test, as they call it, reportedly went off without any problems. But when John Brakey who was there once again to oversee the testing uh, when he went home uh, right after the testing to write up a report about it. He saw something amazing happening via a video feed that is piped out from the election headquarters. An election official had returned to the tabulation room where they had just done the tests and put the security seals on the machines uh, that are not supposed to be broken until they are used to actually tabulate ballots, the election official returned to that room, broke off the security seals uh, off of the computers, installed a wire into it of some sort, and began manipulating the system for some reason. All of which is a strict no-no uh, after the systems have been publicly tested like that and the security seals have been applied. So what the hell... What the hell is going on here? Uh, and what did John Brakey actually stumble into when when he saw this election official actually breaking the security seals and in some fashion manipulating the tabulators to explain this story, which has uh, made some uh, news locally, but not yet nationally, though, frankly, I think it should, because this is exactly the kind of thing that can now happen anywhere in the country at any elections office. Uh, if the proper public protocol is not followed here to talk about this and explain this uh, newly fine mess is is John Brakey. He is the uh, uh, of Audit AZ. He's the special task force leader for citizens oversight for verifiable elections. Uh, John Brakey, it has been many years, I think, since we've had you on this program. But welcome back to the broadcast. 
Well, thank you for having me, Brad. It has been a while. It has been. Uh, you're also, I should note, um, you are one of the stars of the documentary film Fatally Flawed, The Pursuit of Justice in a Suspicious Election, which is a film by J.T. Waldron about the years-long fight out there in Pima County by, a tra- again, a transpartisan coalition to attempt to verify the results of a suspicious bond election back in 2006, the uh, so-called RTA bond uh, issue, RTA Rapid Transit Authority. Is that right, John? That's correct. And it was uh, a billion dollars. A bit was that a billion dollar bond? Two billion. Two, Two billion. billion. Wow. With uh, a half percent sales tax increase for twenty years. It's an amazing film about that amazing battle along the way uh, by you guys and and uh, your as I say your your coalition to try and obtain a, a transpartisan, transparent, verifiable election uh, and an account in that questionable RTA election from two thousand and six. All right. Um, well, it, it could be happening again now because I noticed that this year the uh, Pima County has a, a bunch of propositions on the ballot, like seven different propositions, all of them bond-related to sell uh, millions, about $800 million in bonds. Um, and that's on uh, this Tuesday's election. So what happened last Tuesday you saw the uh, logic and accuracy test being carried out uh, at the election headquarters by Brad Nelson, uh, and then you went home, wrote a report about the tests going well. What happened next? What did you see when you turned on your monitor? Well, I, like I said, I got home, and I decided to go ahead and put the uh, take my computer, do a split screen, mm-hmm. and then take the live feed and put it on my TV because it's such a big screen. And then I started writing my report, which... Uh, you know, I've been studying the equipment for quite a while. I wanted to see it in action, and the report was kind of disappointing to me because I can see how they subverted the system, and it was kind of strange because I was sitting there and go, what am I going to do about this? You know, I just mailed out this mm-hmm. report I call the 256 and how they set the system up. And then I uh, looked at my screen, and I go, what is that guy doing? What's he, what's he doing over there? Uh, you know, oh, he just opened the box up. But where's the... Uh, Where's the Democratic observer? Where's the Republican observer? You know, and uh, so that was after so, they had left. That was after the observers had already left the uh, because the testing was over, right? The LNA testing was over. They put the security seals on, and you're not looking at. Uh, is there a 24 hour camera feed into the tabulation room that you're able to look at from your house? Absolutely. Let's put it this way: Brad tells me, Mr. Nelson, the elections director, uh-huh. that if a mouse was to cross over the floor, it would activate the camera and it would start recording. Because it's a sound, it's movement sensitive, and the camera comes on whenever any anybody moves. So you see now, there's a guy going in there to the machines that have just been tested, that have just been sealed, and he's going in to the computers. What did you do next, John? Well, this was at three o'clock, and I left there at eleven, and uh, I went ahead and I grabbed my smartphone, and they got the smartphone, so I started clipping pictures. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's probably nothing. You know, uh, probably out of camera range is the Democratic rep and Republican rep. They must have had some kind of problem because, you know, we put these protocols in place seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Okay. And pretty tough protocols. Uh, and, uh, and I'm just w- watching them being violated. And uh, so I sat there and I said, what am I going to do? Oh, my God, they're not there. And so finally... Uh, after about 30 minutes of watching all of this, and by the way, before I left here, Brad Nelson, after the guy broke into the machine, uh, 
mm-hmm. came in, and while the guy was on the computer, he said something, but I can't see what he said. Then all of a sudden... Because there's uh, no sound, right? It's just... No, uh, there's no sound. No sound, just video. But he okay. started... He was in his chair, and he started spinning loops in his chair like he was really happy. And this was while that guy was going into that machine that was already security sealed and he shouldn't have been in? Yeah. Yeah, you could see the door open when you walk in. I mean, the guy has... I can see the program because... Uh, I recognized it because I was there that morning, and we did a luggage and accuracy test. And then, of course, you have to transfer the data mm-hmm. after the logic and accuracy from these four machines into the central tabulator. So those are all the machines. The machine that he was on, was, was that the central tabulator, or was that the actual scanning machines that scans the ballots and then sends the results over to the tabulator? It was the central tabulator. He was on the central tabulator, the brains of the whole system. Absolutely. All right, so you hightail it, as I understand it. You hightail it over to the back to the election headquarters because you live only a few minutes away from the county headquarters, correct? Exactly. And you confront Brad Nelson. What happens at that point? Well, at that point, uh, he was in the backyard, uh, and this is like about a, oh, 10 minutes before, and I said, Mr. Nelson, Mr. Nelson, I, I need to talk to you, sir. And I said to him, can you tell me how the video feed works? Because, you know, uh, I'm saying uh, it seems like it skips, and I saw some things that, you know, well, tell me how it works. And he says, that's where he told me the story about the mouse and how it worked. And I said, well, if that's the case, I said, look at this. This is your guy breaking and entering into the server. And he said, what? That's impossible. You know, so he says, wait here. So he goes back into the building, and he leaves me out there for 25 minutes, Okay. And then he comes out, and he says, John, I'm sorry, you're right. They did break the seal. But I want you to know, I've already called the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, and they're going to be here first thing in the morning. We're going to rerun that whole election integrity test all over again. And I says, gee, Brad, that's really good of you to admit all this. And we shook hands. And I said, I'll tell you what, Brad, can, you, can, can I go inside with you? Because I really have problems with what I saw this morning. And, you know, it would be nice if we could work together and have an election that everybody could have confidence in, mm-hmm. okay? And I see serious problems with these new machines, the way you're loading the data into the central tabulator. Mm-hmm. And plus, I think that you ought to move the machines for the public and see how good these machines are. Because, you know, I'll tell you the truth, I like these tabulators. I just don't like the trend. The, the transparency that we don't have, or the verifying the election afterwards. Because, as you know, there's so many different ways to manipulate the data or yeah. hack it. Well, there is, yeah. I mean, the, the optical scan machines can read the paper ballots, but if they're not actually verified by human beings, there's no way to know if the computer's got it right. We've seen elections where those op scans are completely wrong, and they announce winners who should be losers, and losers who are, were actually the winners, and so forth. So... Okay, uh, John, well, we tried to reach out to Brad Nelson uh, to find out what the heck was going on, because you say he had to go in and uh, he acted surprised when you confronted him about this, but didn't you also say he was in the room at the time this was going on? Yes, he certainly was. So That's the thing, it's amazing. He played dumb outside to me like he knew nothing, and then when he came out, he acted the same way. But I knew all the time that he was in the room because he's on the video. Now, I don't have that video, but I do have the video of the next day when Supervisor Allie Miller 
confronted him, and I said, well, Brad, don't you remember you were in the room when he was doing it because you were swinging around in your chair like you're having a good time? And he said, oh, yeah, I remember that. That's what he said. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, so the next day, uh, he acknowledged what happened here, and this got uh, to uh, at least some of the news outlets, some of the local news outlets, uh, Tucson CBS affiliate News 13, covered the story and covered the fact that a new logic and accuracy test was going to be done the next day thanks to you uh, discovering that it had been um, sullied by this guy breaking the security seal. Uh, now, we reached out uh, to uh, Brad Nelson and the Pima County election, official, uh, election office. They have not yet gotten back to us, but... Brad Nelson did give a statement uh, on uh, Tucson's uh, CBS affiliate News 13. Here's how he explained what happened. That was not. That was a break in our usual protocol, but not illegal. That individual has been informed on what the proper procedure was, and that individual was actually with another individual at the same time, so he wasn't in there by himself, and all members who work in this room have been told and reinforced on what the protocol was. Well, okay. Uh, in a further statement, a written statement that was released by Brad Nelson, he says that the county employee broke the seal on the cabinet in order to, quote, zero out the server in preparation for early ballot counting today. This was the day following uh, uh, the break-in that uh, Brakey noticed. Uh, however, the certification board is required to present to be present whenever the seal is broken and the tabulation servers accessed. The employee received verbal discipline for failing to follow department procedures. Okay, uh, John Brakey, he was in there with another official. Wasn't that other official actually Brad Nelson himself? No, there was three people. Uh, Brad came in. The, there were two people when uh -huh. they did this, and uh, and then Brad came in a few minutes after they had broken in. You could see the door open, and then you could see the program working because they recognized the the logo for uh, the accounting system that they're using. Who, from ES and S. who was the uh, who was the man you saw breaking the security seal? Did you recognize that person? Uh, only that I caught him one other time playing shenanigans because I did the Sunnyside school election. And after he ran a logic and accuracy test, he completely shut down the system. And then he reopened it again and breaking the chain of custody and then was fishing for a database. Who, well, who and, was you know, I don't think that's too cool. What, well, no, I don't either. What's the guy's name? Do you know his name? Tom. I don't know his last name. Okay. Either. So is he, uh, should he have known the, uh, the election, what are the procedures that are the requirements that Brad Nelson said that he had violated? Should Tom have known this? Was he a, a new a worker there, or is he familiar with the protocol? Well, he's been there for nine years, and if he doesn't know who John Brakey, Bill Reisner, Mickey Donahoe, and the whole crew, who spent eight years in court fighting and then working on the Election Integrity Commission that we formed with the county to make these protocols, uh, so okay? There's no doubt he knew the procedures. And yet he but broke But I do the, believe this, yeah. is that the observers in there are not doing their job, and they're putting the seal on a padlock rather than putting it on the metal because, you know, you, when you put the seal on, you've got to vigorously rub it, and you should clean the surface with some kind of rubbing alcohol, and then you apply it. If not, these seals won't, uh, you know, when you peel them, they're supposed to say void or uh, uh -huh. disturbed. You see what I'm saying? Sure. They're, they're good seals if you apply them right. They're terrible seals if you don't.
Well, they can be violated. I've seen those seals violated in a way that uh, they are, you know, that you would not know that the seals were actually broken. That's the problem with these so-called seals. All right, John Brakey, you wrote a, uh, a letter to Secretary uh, Arizona Secretary of State Michelle Reagan uh, alerting her to what you saw in Pima County, where once again there's almost a billion dollars worth of bonds at stake here, uh, as well as, I guess, some... Well, there, there are no uh, candidates on the ballot. We'll talk about that in a second. But No, there are candidates on the ballot. There are candidates on the ballot? but in Oh, the totally. S- Very important race that's going on. We've got a recall okay. going on in Oro Valley. I'm representing the recall committee. Okay. Okay. And i got four people, and that is over uh, another scam going on with this hotel. And uh, you know how dirty money works. It's the typical thing that they buy our politicians. All right. Well, and, and you've talked to me so about that. You've talked to me about that for many years, that in, in yeah. uh, Arizona, and particularly in Tucson, it's more about the developers versus the non-developers rather than the Republicans versus the Democrats, as it is in so many other places. In any event, yeah. you, you wrote to the Secretary of State, Michelle Reagan, uh, alerting her her to this uh, and to this breach in protocol? Has she written back? Have you heard back from the Secretary of State? Does she share your concerns about this? Well, you know, I think she's a good lady because she assisted us a week ago because, you know, Huckleberry was trying to stop us. He said that having verifiable elections was illegal. That's Huckleberry is the... Hang on, John. Huckleberry is the uh, city... uh, I'm sorry, the county administrator in Pima County, right? For 25 years. Okay, so he runs, uh, he's the man, highest paid. From what I understand, he's the highest paid county official in the United States. Okay, he's been there for twenty years. So you have not heard back from the Secretary of State, is that correct? Not yet. And what? And and Huckleberry, who you just referenced, uh, he actually came out a week or so ago and said it would be illegal to verify elections with a hand count or a hand audit, a spot check audit after the elections. And his argument, as I looked it up, was that uh, because, uh, where is it here, that nobody, uh, it's not a considered a contested election when it's not two candidates, It's when it's just a bond issue, it's not considered to be contested. Is that what he meant? Yeah, it was a real joke. What it means is that you should pick another race if nobody's in there, because that was written by Ted Downing, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I helped work on that, Bill, and I know that law real well. It means that if there's nobody, if you pull it in a lottery, and there's only, see, here, our primaries, like everywhere else, are sometimes the real election. Mm-hmm. And then when you go into a general, you may have one candidate because the election happened in the primary. Right. Follow me? Yes, I do. So you wouldn't, and so, so if it's not contested, you pick another one. Right. And they would he not. Was interpreting it wrong. And they would Perfectly. not let I'm you. They, they would not consider a proposition to be a contested election, even though there's seven different ones with eight hundred million dollars uh, at stake of the the county borrowing uh, via bonds. Right. Yeah. Okay. So but even then, it's a scam going on there, uh, and how the scam really works is now dig this uh, on the twenty percent of the vote or eighteen percent of the vote, which is cast at the precinct. We're going to pull four percent of it randomly and check it by precinct okay yeah check it by precinct that's the way you do it right but on the 80 percent of the vote or 82 percent of the vote we're going to pick one percent and it's not going to be sorted by precinct and there could be a batch of 200 ballots that are selected from 240 precincts now brad what are we checking again well i don't know is that the are you talking about that's the 82 percent is that the vote by mail ballots yes 
it is. I see. And so it you can't check it against anything, unlike you yes. could at the at the precincts. Exactly. Uh, John, so basically, you have a situation that they can manipulate with impunity. And, the sec- and it's easier to prevent a stolen election in my book than it is to chase one. And the secretary and of the secretary of state determined that Huckleberry, Huckleberry was wrong when he said you can't uh, hand count these. Secretary of state said yes, you can do a, a spot check audit. As I understand, so that's a good thing. But and the attorney general said too. The attor- to realize that okay. when the election integrity commission turned in their proposal, yeah. it was unanimous, and it would have been very hard for the board of supervisors to reject it. So the board of supervisors all voted, "Yeah, let's do it! Hooray, hooray!" And then Huckleberry says, "Wait a minute, it's illegal." And so then they sent uh, two weeks before the you know the next board meeting and asked the Secretary of State and the Attorney General, both of them, for an opinion. You know how long it takes to get an opinion, usually? <laughs> a long time. So we had to fire up, and all my Republican colleagues I'm working with, of course, that there are people out there, and they hammered them, and they got it. And so what did they do next? Then they canceled the Board of Supervisors meeting. Oh. So then we had to go ahead and stage another effort to have a special meeting and force it. Okay. But you finally got it enforced, and there will be an uh, at least a, a small sample, a spot check uh, audit after the election, correct? There will be a small check on the precinct vote, okay. which is 18% approximately, and a worthless check on 82% of the vote. John, worthless. What, what, what did you, um, and I only have a minute or two here, but I want to hit a couple of points here. What? Are you concerned that this kind of thing may be happening elsewhere around the country, or is this just a Pima County thing that that you have concerns about? You know, I I work with people all across the country, and this is happening all over. I really believe that. Okay? (laughs) You know, I've done Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I've been up in New England. I know about how systems are set up, and, and, and I know that I've made a really big mistake over the last 10 years because I assumed that most of these local uh, jurisdictions were programming their own machines. I'm finding it Pima County is a rarity. They do their own. I'm finding the rest of the places that I know of, like in New England, they have companies or mm-hmm. individuals. Yep. You know, it, it's incredible, Brad. Do you, you have been doing this, as you say, for so many years. Do you have any recommendations for folks around the country who may hear this, who may say, what the hell is going on? And they're concerned about election results in their county, in their city, in their state, what what can they try to do to oversee their elections the way you have done for so many years in Pima County? Well, I have to start off with a nice, sweet records request, and I have a really good one that I've developed over years. That's where I would start first. I'd want to know who's programming. Uh, I want to check out the certification of the equipment. Do you want to go ahead and really be, learn how to be hypervigilant before? Because chasing a stolen election I did that for eight years. We never were able to get it in front of a jury. I don't want to do that again. So I'm hypervigilant, and I'm teaching that. Basically, these people steal with impunity, Brad. Our job is to take away that impunity from them. And if anything, you do that by making them paranoid. And that's a good thing. <laughs> and Well, you are obviously making them paranoid from the way Brad Nelson is behaving. Uh, very quickly, uh, two more questions here. Uh, did you have any thoughts about, you know, the revelations we talked about a couple of weeks ago that Volkswagen had been programming its car computers to report one thing when the computers recognized that they were being tested, but to behave a completely different way altogether when the cars were actually being used on the road? I saw that and I thought, man, 
that makes me think of guys like uh, John Brakey who are overseeing you know, the official testing before the election as if that tells us how they are going to behave on Election Day. Did you have any th- thoughts on that? Well, all I know is this. When that report came out and when I read it, I started dancing practically because it really backed up everything that you've been saying, I've been saying ever since we started in 2004. Finally, John, uh, yeah, I think it did, too, because that's the point we've been trying to make. Test all yeah. you want, but it can behave one day uh, before the ele- one way before the elections and a different way on Election Day. Uh, are you familiar with Beth Clarkson, this uh, Kansas statistician from Wichita University? We had her on the show a few weeks ago. She's trying to get an audit of paper ballots from last year's elections because in Kansas— because she believes that the tabulators were manipulated to give more votes to Republicans in larger precincts. You had a similar finding in uh, Pima County, did you not? Absolutely. Mickey Donahoe, NSA agent for 37 years, found the same thing here. He was working with uh, Francisco Cho. I'm saying his last name wrong. And we have identified the same problem here three years ago. The same statistical... She's a remarkable lady. We need to support her and her efforts. Uh, and then one thing, Brad, our movie Fatally Flawed is now on YouTube. We just released the director's cut, and it's very high quality. I encourage people to watch that movie because it's going to teach you a lot about what uh, committed citizens can do. And uh, people can, and by the way, I just want to confirm. So you, you said you found the same or similar statistical anomalies in the vote count in uh, in Pima County where the larger... Uh, uh, jurisdictions, the larger uh, uh, precincts are getting more Republican votes than it seems like they should? Absolutely. You can follow it like a line going up. Okay. okay. And, uh, and it was in the Republican primary. Because, as you said... That brings it, up a point, you, Brad. You, I'm, what, I'm really worried about what's going to happen in the Democratic primaries. Well, uh, there's, there's plenty to worry about. I, I was just going to mention that sort of brings us back to your earlier point that a lot of these elections are done in the primaries, that there's the fight in the primary and then the uh, uh, Republican official perhaps goes on to, uh, you know, run virtually uncontested in their race. So there's every reason to worry about those primaries as well. John, I got to get out. uh, But real quickly, what's the um, you say fatally flawed is now available on YouTube. That's awesome. What is the uh, uh, URL to to get more information on on the uh, film, I would go film. ahead to get more information. The easiest one to go to is uh, www.riggednomore.com. That's D- an easy one. www. Now that it's on YouTube, you yeah. put fatally flawed in. Okay. That should pop it right up on YouTube. Very good. Riggednomore.com, or just search fatally yep. flawed on YouTube. And I've seen it. it. There's some amazing stuff in that film, uh, showing some of the amazing work by John uh, Brakey in Pima County and a bunch of other great election integrity advocates. John Brakey of Audit AZ and uh, Task Force Leader of Citizens Oversight for Verifiable Elections. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, holding their feet to the fire in Pima County. And let us know as this bizarre story moves forward, if we can figure out what the hell the election officials were actually trying to do uh, that you caught and busted them. Thanks, John. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. Later, brother. Later. Okay. We are going to take a quick break, and we're back with more Bradcast. Man, uh, right. Well, and I'll give you a, a quick tip or two when we get back on what you can do on Election Day to try to hold some feats to the fire at your local precinct to make it harder for 
uh, bad guys to get away with stuff and for, uh, you know, just these voting machines to have errors without being caught. All of that and more straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. All right, we had one more candidate drop out of the 2016 presidential race. It was on the Democratic side. It was a guy by the name of Lawrence Lessig, a uh, Harvard law professor who was running solely uh, to try to get money out of politics. And uh, though he raised, a, well, what would be a fairly substantial sum for anything but a president, perhaps, uh, well, he, he was not able to get himself into the debates to raise this topic, to raise the concerns about uh, campaign finance reform and too much money in politics. That's a shame. I'm sorry to see him go. Here was uh, Lawrence Lessig's announcement about dropping out of the race today. Twelve weeks ago, we launched a campaign to put fixing our democracy first at the center of this presidential election. I said that if we could crowdfund a million dollars in less than 30 days, I'd run in the Democratic primary for president and give every ounce of my energy to the cause of focusing America on this critical need. Not because the other issues that the Democratic candidates are talking about are not important. They are important. They are the most important issues that our nation faces. But because until we end the corruption that has crippled Congress, none of their promises are even credible. Now, from the start, it was clear that getting into the Democratic debates was the essential step in this campaign. I may be known in tiny corners of the tubes of the internets, but I am not well known to the American public generally. Our only chance to make this issue central to the 2016 presidential election was to be in those debates. But last week, we learned that the Democratic Party has changed its rules for inclusion in the debate. And under the new rule, unless we can time travel, there is no way that I will qualify. Until this week, the rule was three polls, finding me at 1% in the six weeks prior to the debate. Last week, we began to get close. Two polls found me at 1%, one more, and I would be in the second debate, under the original rule. But under the new rule, the standard is three polls at least six weeks before the debate. That means I would have had to have qualified at the beginning of October, which means that nothing that happens now could matter. Under this new rule, I am just shut out. Now, I wanted to run for president as a Democrat because the values I champion are shared by all Americans, but especially by Democrats. But it is now clear that the party won't let me be a candidate and I can't ask people to support a campaign that I know can't even get before the members of the Democratic Party or to ask my team or my family to make a sacrifice even greater than what they've already made. No doubt a better candidate could have gone further, though I doubt anyone could have worked harder. But regardless, I must today end my campaign for the Democratic nomination and turn to the question of how best to continue to press for this reform now. We can't solve any of the problems that this nation must address until we fix the crippled and corrupted institution of Congress 
first. If we can just find a way to inspire our leaders to lead on this issue, to speak the truth openly and repeatedly about how crippled and corrupted Congress has become, then we could win back what has been taken from us. We still have that power. I will never give up in this fight. No one who loves and loves this country could. No one who has seen the passion of so many Americans for their democracy would, and I certainly won't. Like the progressive movement a century ago, it will be millions working together from every political stripe who will win this democracy back. I am proud to be among those millions from today until this battle is won. Thank you. That was Harvard professor Lawrence Lessig announcing today that he is dropping out of the race for a Democratic race for president, for the nomination for president of the United States. Sorry to see him go. I really am. I, I think he's absolutely right on so many of those points. And uh, it would have been nice to have a voice for those points in the uh, in the debates, in the Democratic debates. All right. Uh, as Tuesday is Election Day, I promised some uh, some quick tips on how to try to uh, optimize your vote being counted and counted accurately. Uh, so very quickly, since I'm running late, if you have any problems uh, or see problems at the polling place, please be sure to report them. Report them to local election officials, to your Secretary of State's office, uh, and call 866-OUR-VOTE to let them know about it as well. Uh, if you catch any problems, uh, take video, take video, take photos and upload it to YouTube and social sites and let the rest of the world know about it. Don't just tell somebody at the polling place. Let everyone know. Uh, most important for vote counting, I think, uh, be at the polls, be at the, your polling place when they close and photograph and videotape the results tapes that are printed out there at the end of the day at the polling place that are printed out from the electronic systems because results have a way of changing between the time that they're uh, printed out at the end of the day at the uh, at the polling place and then when they show up in the main results your photographic evidence could help save an election and i have seen this happen it happened in uh, in 2012 at the Republican Iowa caucuses. Um, if you're watching results on the web throughout the night, take screenshots when you see results uh, and save them as files with the, include a, a timestamp uh, in the file name when you do, because those web results also have a way of changing in ways that they should not change, as we've documented many times at bradblog.com. Again, your evidence could save an election. Oh, and most importantly, if you still have the option... Vote on a paper ballot. Vote on a hand-marked paper ballot, not on a touchscreen machine. A lot of places you go, they'll point you to the touchscreen machine. Tell them you would prefer to vote on a hand-marked paper ballot. If they have one there, find out in your local jurisdiction. Do whatever you can uh, to vote on a hand-marked paper ballot. There's a lot more tips, but I don't have time for it. So good luck, America. If you missed any portion of today's program... You can always download it at bradblog.com. My thanks, as ever, to Desi Doyen, our producer, to Cynthia Cohn, our booking goddess, and to my guest today, Pima County, Arizona's John Brakey um, of uh, riggednomore.com. You can check out Fatally Flawed, that documentary over there. It will blow you away. All right, we'll be back with the same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. 
good luck, world. Hey,